This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack, and these are my files. So glad to have you all here today for a very special interview shortly. My guest coming up will be Jason Inman making his return to the show. We're doing a little intro here, and Jason is here to talk about his book, Super Soldiers. And I've got a copy in my hands. A salute to the comic book heroes and villains who fought for their country. This is from Mango Publishing, and Jason and I had an interesting experience writing books kind of together. I mean, not together in one room, but we both got uh, the opportunity to write books with Mango Publishing, uh, thanks to our friend Alicia Malone, actually, and it was interesting. We didn't know it. And somehow I was uh, backstage at a Schmodown event and talk, uh, I got a book I'm working on. And Jason's like, oh, me too. And I was like, oh, I'm doing it with Mango Publishing. He was like, oh, me too. And uh, we were already friends, but we actually kind of became closer, texting each other through the process, including the release process. And very excited to have this in my hands. You can hear it. That's a real book. It's in my hands from my pal, Jason Inman. And we're going to talk about that all in a second. My book, Why We Love Star Wars, is out and about, and we are uh, we're in about a month after the release here, and it's going pretty good. Thank you for all the support. I do say this, if you, if you got, got the time to leave a review and you want to leave a review, pop over to Amazon and do so. As I learned in this show, getting to a certain number of reviews, I'll leave that number uh, so you can listen to the episode here with Jason. Jason kind of brought this up to my attention. You hit a certain level, you go higher. Well... I'm recording this intro after the interview with Jason, and I'm proud to report I've crossed that threshold, but I want to keep going. So if you uh, have uh, taken a moment and taken a time and and, and uh, taken your hard-earned money to purchase my book, Why We Love Star Wars, number one, thank you. Two, if you want to leave a review, it will help me going forward. And a couple announcements related to uh, the book and, and just Star Wars and my fandom in general. I can officially announce it is being worked on. That's right. The audiobook. The audiobook book version of Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built the Galaxy Far, Far Away will be out. I, I think the timetable will be sometime in August. Uh, a little bit late start. Uh, we had to work through some things, and I am uh, going to be going in studio to record the audiobook. Seems like an easy play, but it, uh, it actually wasn't. I had to audition to, to, to read my own book. That's happening, so that's exciting news. Stay tuned for that. And if you're one of the folks, and there are a few of you who tweeted, can't wait to listen to your book. I don't read books much. Uh, I'll wait for the audiobook. I didn't know it was happening until now, I'm proud to say. So that's coming out. And also, uh, related to the book, but also just Star Wars in general, I am announcing here for the first time. If you are local to California, and more, more specifically, local to my hometown of the Royal Grande, California, San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, Central Coast, Pismo Beach, that whole area, well, stay tuned uh, to this big news here. Are you ready? Yes. Central Coast Film Society is presenting Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope on Saturday, August 24, 2015, a screening at the Clark Center for the Performance Performing Arts, which is in Arroyo Grande, California. In fact, it's on my old high school campus. It wasn't there when I attended. Uh, they were starting to build it as I graduated, but it's there, the Clark Center. And on Saturday, August 24th, they're going to be showing Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope with a special guest, me, Ken Napsuck, author of Why We Love Star Wars. I will be there for a Q&A uh, after the screening, uh, a book signing VIP event. I'll be selling some copies of the books if you, if you haven't picked it up and you're local. 
and it's pretty exciting. You can purchase tickets now at clarkcenter.org slash events. It's an HTTPS website. Just type up Clark Center online. And for more information about the event, you can go to centralcoastfilmsociety.org, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. I'm excited to be there in my hometown. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Sarah Risley. Uh, was a uh, is, is a local up there, but more importantly, she's a fan of like the movie trivia schmodown, a lot of the cool things, and and this was her brainchild. Uh, working on it with a lot of people there at the Central Coast Film Society, they put a lot of great events, and and she ran into me at the live event, the free for all uh, for movie trivia schmodown in L.A. in March, and said, "Hey, from your hometown, I'm part of this thing. Maybe we can support your book in some way and get you up." And I, I got to be honest, I. I thought I was going to be up there for a little small, uh, you know, maybe a card table and 10 people in a room. But this is pretty exciting. going to be part of this presentation by the Central Coast Film Society of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, August 24th, 2019. I uh, can't wait to get up there in my old stomping grounds. Uh, you know, I pop up there a couple times a year. But now it will be, as Luke Skywalker uh, uh, passed away with, peace and purpose. I don't want to die like Luke up there, but there'd be peace and purpose in my return. So uh, any any questions about that, you can reach out to me uh, online, or you can go to, like I said, centralcoastfilmsociety.org and, or purchase tickets at the Clark Center website. That's pretty exciting, huh? Big news, a uh, lot of things happening, a lot of fun things going on. San Diego Comic-Con's around the corner, which is scary, and at the time, I gotta be, I don't think I'm gonna be able to go. I just don't think it's gonna work out this year. I have some events I, I might be a part of, and I might just have to swing down, say hi, make some yuck yucks, and get on down the road, which disappoints me tremendously because I love San Diego Comic Con. I love downtown San Diego, the gas lamp district, all that stuff. Uh, it'll be my first one that I really haven't attended in about five years. Been fortunate enough to do it. Not a lot of people uh, get to do it, or, or, well, a lot of people get to do it. That's always packed, but there's a lot of people who just don't get this opportunity. Maybe you live too far. It's hard to get tickets. It's hard to get press uh, passes. It's, it's hard to get hotels. And well, that's actually part of my problem. Couldn't get a hotel. So if you can't get a hotel, yeah, kind of can't be there. Um, but I might drive on down anyways for, for some of my, um, uh, shows that I'm supposed to be on, uh, Mark Ellis's comedy show. I think that's unofficial. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty bummed. I'm pretty bummed about that because I do I do love it. I just love being around um, like-minded people for this big, this pop culture nerd stuff. And that's why Star Wars Celebration is even that much more powerful. But it's pretty cool. Uh, when you grow up, especially when I, when I did in, in, in the 80s, even though all this pop culture was exploding around you, it's so weird to think. All that stuff was just going all around us. The Star Wars, the Star Trek, the Transformers, the G.I. Joe, the Robotech, the GoBots, Care Bears, My Little Pony, Rainbow Bright, Barbie Always There, Cabbage Patch Kids, Garbage Pail Kids, all that stuff just exploding around us. And we kind of couldn't enjoy it to the fullest extent. Oh, we enjoyed it. As kids, you enjoyed it, but as, as the older you got, and for me, the late 80s, and look, other interests came in. I'm not bemoaning it. I was a baseball fan and and went more into a sporting uh, life, as a fan as a, you know, of sports and everything, and, and you know, um, romantic interests and anxieties about growing up and all those kind of things do creep in. And, but there was that sense of you got to put this stuff away. And, you know, there's always a balance. I'm an adult. I got I to gotta pay my bills. I got to, you know, check my stocks. But uh, I love now that we can celebrate it. And Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, has been going for a very long time. I love those shots going back to, what, 76 and Charles Lippincott from, you know, Fox, 20th Century Fox, promoting Star Wars to, like, 30 people in a room. Uh, promotional photos, just trying to get people to pay attention to Star Wars. Uh, go from that to Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago. Uh, look how big it's gotten, and I love it. I love being around it. I love the feel. I love the energy energy of San Diego Comic-Con. The whole city becomes the convention center. It's, it's, it's unlike any of the other conventions. Uh, even the uh, Star Wars Celebrations are perhaps my favorite to go to as, as the events, but as far as just... That feel of being completely surrounded by nerd joy. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is the king of uh, of cons, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll get down there a little bit. 
uh, but sad to report. So part of that, part of things I love about San Diego Comic-Con and this nerd culture and, and being surrounded by like-minded people is getting to know like-minded people uh, who love this stuff too, but maybe they love it a little differently or maybe they love something uh, differently about it. And in, uh, in the last couple of years, I got to know our guest, uh, Jason Inman. He is, without a doubt, a nerd like me, but definitely different experiences. And now he's put it all into this book. And on the other side of this break, we're going to welcome back Jason Inman to the Knapsack Files. Files and welcome back, friend, occasional schmodown foe, but more importantly, a fellow author. Please welcome Jason Min back to the show. How are you, buddy? Good, man. We should call this the author cast. <laughs> the author, author cast. Author cast. Jason, you did something pretty impressive. All right. And so did you. Well, I wrote a bunch of Star Wars stuff. <laughs> so did you. I mean, uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> you wrote this great book, super. Uh, soldiers. I always want to say shoulders. Super shoulders. Going back to when I was a kid. Okay. Super shoulders. Right. Like you have like your yeah, toss yeah, yeah, a fastball. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super soldiers. <laughs> uh, this is a book that's near and dear to you on multiple levels. And then last time you were on the Knapsack Files, we really took a, a, a dive into your personal history and the you being in the military. Yeah. And it was, I, I, I had to admit, like, you know, it's funny. You don't think... You think military, you fall into stereotypes from mm-hmm. a distance of what they are, and oh, I wouldn't think they would like comic books, and you're involved with your, your comic drive for soldiers every every year for mm-hmm. the troops. This book's kind of all about that. Yeah, a little bit, man. Just to, it, it's, it's out now, it's, but, but tell everyone what's going on. Yeah, so this book is basically, uh, super. it's called Super Soldiers, A Salute to the Heroes and Villains that Served Our Country. It, each chapter focuses on a comic book character. They don't have to be a superhero. And they can also be a villain that served in the United States military. Interesting. Because uh, a lot of people are giving me crap about I didn't include Logan Wolverine in the book. I saw some people some give me, tweets give about me some crap. Uh, I never served in the Canadian military, so he had to go. <laughs> He's in the honorable mentions, though, so I talk about him there. It's not like you're against uh, the Canadian no, armed forces. No, no, no. I just, just have no baseline. <laughs> I have no baseline. I never served in the great country of Canada. Um, uh, so yeah. it examines a character that served in the military, and it combines stories from my personal military experience. Uh, I think one of the stories I told the last time I was on this podcast is in the book now. Mm. And mm-hmm. it compares these characters about whether or not they are good representations of the military or, and also are they good soldiers? Cause right. some of them aren't. Yeah. Some of them are really bad examples. And does that lead them into paths of supervillains? You know? Not always, not, <laughs> not always. always, not always. Um, when, when did you really decide you wanted to write this story, this book, tell these tales? Uh, well, it's funny. I had, I have a long winded story for this. I was actually pitching another book. I was Love pitching. I, I I won't tell all the details because I I, I think this book will happen in case. In case yeah, you write it. it will. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I've already written sixty pages of it. Nice. Um, and this book is a nonfiction book about Superman. Okay. And specifically, like examining Superman, doing very. And I won't tell exactly how I'm examining, yeah. it, but it's a way that nobody's done before. Okay. And I was pitching this book, and uh, our publisher, Mango Publishing, was like, ah, "We don't think it's the right year for a Superman book." The right year. Yeah, the right year. So they're like. What else do you got? And I quickly came up with a pitch because, as you know, as any kind of working writer, when yeah. somebody says, what else do you have? You, you come up with something quick. Uh, the, <laughs> the next day I emailed them with, uh, you know, I've, yeah. well, I've always been thinking about this, some idea to combine and look at, like, the military and superheroes. And this was the idea I sent to them. This is the one they were like, oh, yeah, we like that book. That's, That's the one. Ones, man. And that was uh, August of last year. We did this at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. interesting. Our, my book was supposed to come out in May. In May. And then it was funny, um, I got to December because I realized that my book took way more research than I predicted. I sure. literally spent two months researching. Sure. Just reading every comic book I could find and, and hunting down some of these comic books were 
it was impossible. Like I, I had to do some library exchange programs nice. and stuff like that. Did you do the thing kind of like where you're like, I know this stuff. I, I, I've my lifetime of reading comics. I get it. And then you kind of like, oh, I want to make sure oh, no, I no, want to no, get no. more. No. I, uh, I always went back. I went back. Okay. Like there was some stuff I was able to do really, there were some chapters I was able to write faster because I knew the character better. Sure. And then, uh, like war machine, I was able to write that chapter really mm-hmm. fast because war- you're a war machine. Jason. I am. Uh, <laughs> no, roadie actually, uh, roadie is one of my favorite comic characters of all time. Okay. And he was Iron Man when I first started reading Iron Man. So it's funny when, oh, right, when yeah. Tony Stark showed up, I was like, who's this guy? Rhodey's uh, Iron Man's black. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually, in December, I asked them for uh, uh, an extension on my deadline because I realized that the research was going to take more. And luckily they said yes. And that's why my book came out in June. Interesting. That's great. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I remember we mentioned we were at uh, one of the Schmove laugh events uh, at the El Portal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were kind of like, yeah, I'm working on a book. I was like, so I'm working on a book. And I was like, I'm doing this at a company called Mango Publishing. Like, I'm doing it with a company mm-hmm. called Mango Publishing. So it, it was gr- fun to go on this journey with you, even though I didn't uh, sit on your lap and write with you. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll get, get back to some of the content of the book. I'm so interested to, to talk about your experience about writing because a lot of people out there listening will say like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to I, I'd like to write something, too. And I, I hope everyone has ideas. Uh, well, that's like, this is going to be fun because yeah. we can examine. Examine. Like, how did you? Yeah. How did you do it? When did you, you start crying? <laughs> never. Never <laughs> once. Uh, I got pretty stressed out yeah. a couple times um, just because it was eating up all my time. Yeah. Especially towards the end. Yeah. Towards the end of the deadline. I, I mean, I was never worried about the deadline. Like I was I'm pretty good about hitting deadlines. I usually don't blow deadlines. Right. Unless sickness happens which has happened sometimes before sure. uh it's funny i'm actually working on a thing right now uh, another graphic novel mm-hmm. that i can't say anything about that i, I blew the deadline uh, by like three weeks because i i got like really probably because of all the the stress of the book coming out sure. and pu- publicity like i got really sick like in the middle of may mm. and i was supposed to be working on this other thing and i had to go to my editor and be like i just i i've literally been in bed i'm dying <laughs> i'm dying and i'm not lying i'm not trying to extend i'm sorry yeah. you know but uh yeah Take me back to uh, moment one. Uh, you pitch it. You got the idea. Maybe you got some notes. You open up Google Docs. You and I both wrote in Google Docs. Yep. It's free. It's free. And it, you can take it everywhere. Yep. Um, now, let me ask you this. Yeah. I used, there's a really cool app mm-hmm. called, and this is not sponsored, yeah. called Grammarly. Oh, Grammarly is is editing yep. my tweets right now. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I pay for the, the premium Grammarly because it makes a difference. Okay. Yep. Okay. Makes a big I got difference. a bone to pick with Grammarly. Okay, let's go on this. Because man. there is in, I think it's. By the way, it's it's, a, it's like a spell check for your, but if you yeah. don't, it's, it's an app that spell checks you, but mm-hmm. I love it because it will go through your writing and say, are you sure you want to use a passive verb? Yeah. So is that, <laughs> but was that in the pay That's model? the premium. So you go premium, it Ooh. will go through and say, it'll, it'll point out, you'll be like, you repeat this word too much. You should change some of these. And then it'll also be like, this verb is passive. People mm-hmm. don't like reading the passive voice. Here's active verb suggestions. It makes your writing so much better. You and I should uh, reach out to Grammarly and say <laughs> sponsors because I, I found it yeah. and I use it, but I don't have the pay version. And it goes across all my computer. Yep. It, 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 my tweets, Grammarly yep. pops up. Yeah, yeah. You sure you want to, um, but there was there's some, and it made the book, and it made the book. And when I did my unboxing, uh, you know, pull out my copies. Why we love Star Wars? I'm like, yeah, he's great. I'm like, p- looking through it like a kid on Christmas morning after the video. And I just read one of the sentences. I'm like, oh, I was really upset with Grammarly. Like I was fighting Grammarly on this thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's something about it. Maud Garrett and, and uh, you know Maud Garrett and eyes, but it says Maud Garrett's and my. And I was like, how did that get in there? Mm. Like that. And it's, and it's upsetting me because now, (laughs) now I know if I had paid higher, Grammarly would have bumped them. I'm going to do that for anything I write further. Um, But page one, man, Google Docs is open. That cursor's flashing by uh, you. Take me to that first moment when you really start this journey. So the first moment was for me because I had, you know, created it down by chapters. I needed to create my list. I needed to know who was going in this book. Mm -hmm and who wasn't going in this book. And then also at the same time, the powerful era of social media, Mm -hmm. what I did is I went to Facebook and Twitter. You can go back and look at my posts. I asked people online, hey, uh, if you're thinking about a comic book character that served in the military, who would you say? Mm -hmm. And I, and you know, I only think I took like one suggestion from there, but um, that was my, that was my first page one was figuring out that list. And that list took a couple of days. Actually, in that initial list, there's 20 soldiers. 20 in the okay. book, I only include 16 because eventually 
I decided that four other people, their chapter were was not as interesting. Not as uh, any any yep. uh, any bonus material coming there. Uh, you know, there's a possible second version of this book. I don't okay. that I could definitely do, and I could I, do, I could also definitely do a revised edition of this book very right, right, right. very easily. But uh, I don't think it'll come anytime soon. So you're typing the words out, man. Yep. Are you? Are you now? You, you you've got writing experience. Mm-hmm. You and your wife Ashley Robinson come out with this uh, Jupiter Jet comic series, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, you can purchase that out there, folks. Um, and uh, are you? But this is something new, right? This is. Are you like? How do I do this? No, not at no. all. Actually, um, the. The only thing I was looking for was to make sure that it was consistently entertaining. That was my okay. thing because, you know, I, I, I've written comic book reviews. I've written opinion essays on the mm-hmm. Internet. I've written all kinds of things. I've been doing that since like 2010. This also, by the way, uh, not my first book. Mm. Um, it's my first published book. Oh. Um, I just don't I will never release the other one. Uh, <laughs> it's not good enough. Uh, I, I might go back to it. But um, yeah, yeah. no pros. I find uh, I wasn't as scared writing this. I knew okay. I could do this because I, I especially like set the part of the reason I set myself up with that, that 20 chapters was because I looked at it as like each chapter is a hill. And if I can conquer that yeah. hill, the, the it doesn't look as scary. My introduction, sure. my introduction for the book, I literally talk about writing the book. That's yeah, my yeah. introduction. My introduction is like, how do you come up with a list of 20 people? Well, this is how I did it, you know, and, and, you know, it's kind of, it's scary and it's impressive. Yeah. And I, I make jokes in the introduction chapter about like, well, at some point you're probably gonna get bored. Don't blame me. Blame the character. <laughs> so at any point, that's great. At, at any point, uh, what, what was your lowest point during the writing process? Where you overwhelmed, you talk about time, because mm-hmm. you're also mm-hmm. working full time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're writing in your off hours. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, um, there's two for me. One is very early in the process. So very early in the process, I had no, no intention Uh, of including personal stories in this. None at all. Really? Didn't want to do that because, um, the other graphic novel that I'm working on is about my, it's a, it's a, sort of a fictionalized version of my time in Iraq. Okay. Uh, when that'll come out, I have no clue. Sure. Um, but you blew deadlines, man. I was trying to save it for that. <laughs> right. And right. I was writing Captain America. Cause that's the first chapter yeah. after the introduction. Cause I was like, Oh, he'll be the easiest one. I know Captain America. Very simple. Get a good Dunes. lead off base. Yeah. Hit, right. Like exactly. I know exactly how to do this. And I, you know, I, I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to do every chapter. I'm just going to write what I know, what I feel, and then I'm going to see where I go. So I just start writing. I start writing, 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 writing. Yeah. And I finish. And, you know, and I, I was probably writing for like an hour. And I was like, yeah, this is, all right. This is a good little <laughs> couple pages here on Google Docs. This is great. All right. How many words is this? 800. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mm. I'd made this goal that each chapter had to be at least 2,000 cha- two thousand words. 2,000 words, right. Um, now, there's a, a right. chapter in the book that violates that. Um, because I gave another thousand words to another chapter, but whatever. That's fair. It was sort of my, we'll my, my rough estimate was <laughs> 2000 words. So I went, I read it and I looked at it and I was like, well, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I got done America. with it. That's yeah. it. And, um, I was having problems with like, how do I make this more? Like, what more do I say on this? Do you got to dig or dig deep? Yeah. Well, I gave it to my wife, yeah. Ashley Victoria Robinson. The great thing about, uh, being married to another beta, uh, excuse me, another writer right. is that they become your beta reader. Right, right, right. So I, she always reads everything first. She's always my first reader. Um, so I gave it to her and she read it and she was like, it's interesting. She's like, but it's missing something. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, have you ever thought about talking about your personal first stories? Time. And I said, I was like, well, I thought about it, but then I said no. And then, and she was like, I think you should try a draft, like try a draft, put your personal stories in there, see what happens. See. Just, just see. So I wrote a draft okay. uh, that I think it was like 2,500 words then put Boom. my own stuff in there. Yeah. And I gave it back to her and I was like, what do you think? And she was like, this is the book. So you went from 800 words ish yep. to yeah, yeah, 2,500 because you, you, you probably connected to something yeah. you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You well, didn't know and and what I found is by putting my personal stuff in there, yeah. I was able to pull more Captain America stories in because I was like, oh, and then there's this and then there's uh-huh. this and then there's this and we're very similar and now this and now this. Yeah, and it, as soon as she read it, she, like she was one hundred percent right. She was like, "This is your book." She was like, "This is the book," and she was a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Did had this? Did 
Did that mean you had to go back and change the pitch with Mango, or was that already kind of was what part of that? Oh no, maybe no. our our processes might have been. If I had done that kind of big change, mm-hmm. I would have gone back and been like, "Hey, I turns out I was a Jedi, and I'm going to write about it as well because my pitch was this." Did you need to change that? Or? No, I didn't have to yeah. change my pitch at all. Gotcha. I um, I kind of like told my editor what was going on, and they were kind of like, "Cool." Yeah, you know it was weird. Yeah, yeah. My my editing pro I don't know what your the editor's your process was, but most of mine I would just be like, "Hey, I'm going to do this," and they'd be like, "Cool." Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean it, it was uh, Mango was it was really encouraging in that sense of like go like I'd worry about the the logistics. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, what do I do, do? How many words? And they'd be like, "Just just go, man. Mm-hmm. Go figure mm-hmm. it out." Well, what about because mine you know mine's numbered one hundred through one mm-hmm. and. It was like, yeah, no, just go go switch that later. We'll switch it later. So I know what you mean. The, yeah, yeah, the cool yeah. is just this like I mean I pitched get them it done. I pitched them twenty and I and I and I ended with sixteen. Sixteen. And I told them that. I was like, look, I don't, you know, I don't want to do these other four anymore. And they, you know, like they don't work, they don't fit. And and they were totally okay with that. They were like, we can adjust that. That's fine. Ever have any big pushback on something that's fascinating in that process where you mm-hmm. had to and, and I mean in a good way, like a challenging way, uh from People you don't know know Ashley's very honest and open, yeah. and, and you're going to get good feedback. Sure, um, but it's different when a stranger in an email is going doesn't work for me. No, um, no, it, not not that much. I remember one email. I want to say, um, I got a little rambunctious in the War Machine chapter talking about Rhodey. Um, your favorite dude. I mean, I liked him <laughs> a lot. Uh, something I did very early on, and, and, and this was something the, the editors at Mango worked totally right on, is I would introduce two themes into a chapter. Right. And they very smartly were like, no, 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 you kind of need to make each chapter about a theme. A theme. Like one thing. Like, and then like try to focus all the stories and your stuff on that theme. Right. Uh, I think I broke that a couple of times because I was like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were right on that. Like, cause the, yeah. war, the roadie chapter was like all over the place a little yeah. bit uh, the first time around. Especially. So. Yeah. When you're in the thick of it writing, like yeah. you can maybe not see what the bigger picture. No, the uh, bigger, the, for, yeah. the bigger surprise is stuff like, um, I told the story a little bit on, on when I was on Collider Live. Um, there's a character called Captain Adam. He's this big, he's in a silver suit. He looks like a silver surfer, except he has like a red atom on his chest. And he's usually a good brand. He's an Air Force colonel. Yeah. And they bring him out in DC Comics whenever they need somebody to fight Superman. (laughs) Because he has the same power level. He's Adam, you're on deck. Here's the fun thing. Um, Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen, based on Captain Adam. Interesting. Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen is is an analog for Captain Adam because they couldn't use Captain Adam. So... I hated the character. Didn't like him. Didn't like him at all. And I'd never read his original series. And I went back and read his original series. And there's this thing where he's accused of a crime. He's in the Air Force. And the government says, well, we'll let you off the hook if you do this giant weirdo experiment. And the weirdo Mm -hmm. experiment is they're going to shoot a nuclear bomb through an alien ship, pour all the energy into him, see what happens. And just see that. Um, When they do that, he disappears. Okay. And he shows up 25 years later in the, they do the experiment in the 60s. This is the 80s. And he reconstitutes his body, mm-hmm. just like Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan stole everything from Captain Adam. <laughs> um, and he finds out that the world is different. He, you know, mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. television's color now. Right. Uh, his little girl that was like six is now a grown woman. Uh, his wife is remarried to like somebody he really hates. And so his original story is all about this time displacement. Like he doesn't, the world passed him by. Sure. And it's some, it's interesting because I feel like for Captain Adam, they fit that character better than Captain America has ever done it. Mm-hmm. I think because Captain America like has such a huge time jump yeah. that, you know, he can, you know, I guess he can modernize a lot better or easier or like, you know, it's just completely alien to him where Captain Adam, everybody that he knew is still alive. Mm-hmm. And they don't look that much different. Like they only right. look, it's, it's only 20, 20 years. Yeah. Like they don't, they look, you know, they got, they got a little bit more wrinkles, but they're not yeah, yeah. all geriatrics. Yeah. yeah. Like little, all little plumper, friends. but you're good to go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it hits him harder. And I, sometimes I've said like every service member feels that when you come home, when you come home, man, yeah. you feel like you don't belong in the world anymore and that the world passed you by. And that's like, so like I deeply empathize, empathize with that character now. And I love that character now. And you'd kind of discover that in this, in process. the in the writing of the book. That's yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so when you, you know, I know you said you've talked openly, you've been on this podcast, but you, you know, talking, talking about serving and, and all those kind of things. Um, 
but you, you talked about this graphic novel, maybe some of the stories, but that's fictionalized. Uh, you know, you can be a singer songwriter. You can be Bruce Spring, Springsteen writing about a character in a song, or you mm-hmm. can be uh, John Lennon writing about it yourself. And, yeah. and, and and that's a little more raw at times. Love Bruce Juice. Don't anyone worry. Um, I love the boss. I love the boss, man. But you and I are <laughs> Beatles guys, and we know. Oh, yeah, and we By know the way, yeah. we're recording this. Yeah, I'm going to see Paul McCartney in yeah. two days. You would, you in would, two would. days, I spent the most I've yeah, ever spent on concert tickets. I know. I'm I'm like. I think I'm like 15 rows back from the front, my friend. I am oh, so damn close. You, my friend Jen Murrow's heading out there too. And she, we were talking, she's like, you seen Paul? I'm like, yeah, no, not, not this round. Oh <laughs> man. I've never seen him. him. I've never seen I've him. I've never seen him yeah, either. Yeah. And uh, God by bless the way, you. Uh, we also bought Ringo tickets as well this year. So I mean, me and my wife, we're going to see both the living Beatles in this year. You're living the good oh, life, yeah, man. sir. I'm so excited. I'll book out everything. I, it's funny. The book came out this week. Yeah. I'm almost more excited for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's Paul, it's Sir Paul yeah. McCartney. Like Ashley a couple of times has been like, you had a book come out. I'm like, but Paul, <laughs> I'd be quite bad for that eventually. That's George. Um, <laughs> oh, you wrote a book, man. I think, stuff, you know? I think you know where I'm going though here. You know, we know you and I are Beatles nuts, man. We know when they switch from writing about, I saw her standing there to mm-hmm. help. I need somebody. We yeah, know when yeah. it got raw and got real. Did you find any challenges or anything you learned about a new character about writing a, directly about your experiences, not through the veil of a character or fictionalized like you're talking maybe in a graphic novel? Oh, you mean like, oh, Did interesting. Go uh, back to what you experienced and everything. And I don't, you know, you and I, I'm, I wasn't in war. So you and I haven't swapped yeah. war stories, um, but I know you were, you were in some tough spots and stuff, you know, did you, did you there, dive in? There's, there's one chapter where I talk about this moment and it's a very, very vivid memory. And it's funny again, when I gave this, when I finished it and I, and I gave it to my wife, Ashley to read and she read it all the way through cover to cover. She said like, she was like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff in here. You've never told me. Wow. And, and I was like, yeah, to be honest with you, that's, there's a lot of stuff in there. I have never told anybody. Wow. Not a single soul. And there's one memory in there and, and it's in this book. It's in the book. I, I, I weirdly divorced myself, man. Like I, I weirdly divorced. I was like, Oh, that's not me. This is this person. I don't know. Oh, really? and, and even during was, the process. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, you know, it, it's tough. Um, you know, I got, I got a little depressed about certain stuff, but there's this one memory that I talk about and I don't know why it is. And I don't know why I remember it. Um, but it's September of 2005. Don't know the exact date. We were driving south of this base called Scania. Now, Scania is this little refueling depot. It's about halfway from the border of Kuwait to Baghdad. Like, it's a little halfway stop. And we were heading south. And I remember we were driving down uh, MSR Tampa, which is what they called the roads, main supply route, uh, Tampa. Um, We were driving south in that, and we weren't that far out of Scania. And there were a couple of little tiny Toyota Tundra trucks. That yeah. Toyota Tundras are all over, right, all by over. the way. White Toyota Tundras are right. all over the damn place. A uh, couple set up on the road on fire. So they were intentionally diverting diverting, diverting traffic. So we go off onto this. Uh, this it's like l- the dark night, man. Yeah, yeah. This little, this little uh, dirty, you know, dirt road off oh, in the middle man. of nowhere. And we got kind of stuck behind an Iraqi traffic jam. And, you know, just other people, you know, we're trying to move them through and we're trying to keep everybody moving because we're like, oh, this is becoming a choke point. Like, what's is something going to happen? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Uh, Actually, never we never found out why the the trucks were burning or anything like that. Probably just people screwing around. But I remember I was at the back gun truck. That's one of the vehicles that protect a convoy. And I remember I was sitting on the 50 cal. So I was watching the rear and the sun was going down. And I remember being mad because I think we stopped there for like two hours like trying to get like civilians and other people through and our giant 50 truck convoy through just getting it through it took forever i remember watching the sun go down and i remember just weirdly time freezing yeah i still vividly remember i can see the sun going down i can see the oranges and the purples and all stuff like that and i remember looking at that sunset and being like oh I'm never going to leave this place. And I remember wow. that, that like just dawned on me. And I don't know why that moment. Wow. And I, and I've said this several times to some people that there's always a point or was for me. And I assume this happens for every service member where there's some point, And when you have a long deployment, especially more than six months, cause I was there for a year, right? That, that just becomes the norm. Sure. And so the idea of going home becomes a dream. Like it becomes so dreamlike because you, because you, you talk about it all year long. You're like, Oh yeah, I heard maybe we're going to go home next month. I hear there's rumors of plenty. Sure. 
and you don't, none of them come true. So you're just like, yeah, we're never going home. We're never going home. Never going home. Is it, is it what you're describing? Is it, is it also just on a weird kind of spiritual level? I'm never leaving this place literally and figuratively. Like what? I mean, I don't know if I meant it. I don't know if I meant it literally. It was like, it it, it was very like spiritual. And I, and I swear to God, like I just at that moment, like there's this, (laughs) this how nerd I am. And I'm going to bring up Star Trek reference. In a terrible Star Trek movie called Star Trek Insurrection, mm-hmm. they uh, there's a there's a scene where Captain Picard goes to the waterfall and he meets this uh, nice little lady called the Niche, mm-hmm. and they're an immortal race, right. or they're not really immortal, but they live for thousands of years because this planet is a fountain of youth planet. Like if you stay on this planet, there's something in the atmosphere it starts de aging you, and also uh, there's a scene in the movie where Picard learns that this particulate allows you to sort of freeze moments in time. And there's a scene where um, him and her are sitting by a waterfall and she takes his hand and like this waterfall just stops. And then you see a hummingbird like next to her and the hummingbird like slowly flat. He can see the hummingbird flapping its wings. Uh, And he's like, how are you doing this? And she's like, she's like, just she's like be in the moment. So I, I always mm. feel like that moment for me was like, is, is like is that, that okay. you know, like weirdly like time to stop. And I don't know why it just did. It's so weird. You know, but in, it's, and I, mean, I, it's, like I said, yeah. I can still, and that was 2005 and you're writing about it here in this book. Yeah. It's in the book, man. And had you told anyone that ever? No, no, never, never told that book. Yeah. 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 Never told, never told it to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> the book is just freshly out. You've got some great endorsements, including one from, Dan Aykroyd. That's right. Uh, have you heard back from uh, military personnel yet? What this might mean to them? I'm sure it's going to mean a lot. I yeah. haven't because uh, I mean it, yeah. the book's just out. The book's we're, only we're been out for two days. This out. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've. You know, I don't know yet. Um, no, I haven't. I've heard a lot of people say that they've they've bought it mm-hmm. for people they know are in the military, and I know right. they've heard they, uh, um, you know, no one specifically. I've sure. Yeah, I've heard of people yet. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's going to come. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure I it's going to so. come. I'd be very interested in follow up on that um, because uh, that's that's where you probably get a you're, you're going to make a lot of pro- you're probably have to make, make an important impact. And, and I think in I hope those, so. those types so. of lives, both those who have served back those out there. Uh, I know you you know the, the the comic drive you do for the troops mm-hmm. and your last couple of years been working with Operation Gratitude. I mean, you, it's very important to you. So I'm sure what with what you're describing and how you didn't. I'm fascinated, Jason, by mm-hmm. the fact that you did not intend to do this. No. Not at like, all. I'm just going to write some books about Captain America. That's kind of what it was. I was going to write yeah. about nerdy characters. I, I you know, I was yeah. going to do sort of a prose version of our podcast, Geek History Lesson. And then right. the, that the book, again, I think people think I'm lying when I say on Twitter, I've been using a lot that this is like the most personal thing I've ever written. And I'm not sure. lying on that at all. Yeah. Again, and, and it's something did not intentional. Again, when my wife said that, she's like, you've never told me this stuff. Right. Um, I'm still waiting I'm curious because I, you know, I wonder if like my brother and my mother, like oh, yeah. who I've never told this stuff either mm-hmm. and like directly experienced it. Um, it's funny uh, what, what they'll think. It's funny. Um, I um, have a very good friend that I met right after I came back. Like I, I met her for the very first time the year I came back and I'm mm-hmm. still friends with her stuff. And uh, she took a picture. She like sent me a picture. She's like, Oh, I bought the book. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. And I told her, I'm still waiting on her opinion. Cause I was, I was like, I am very curious of your perspective Interesting. on this book because you knew that person. Like when we first Before met and after. Yeah. Yeah. Like you met, yeah. you met the me that was like the closest to those memories. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. That's fascinating stuff, man. I mean, powerful stuff too. And, 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 uh, uh, I, I love that. It, I love, I don't know. I, I, I love that it's connected to these fictional characters because it shows how those characters are based in, in our realities mm-hmm. and what they mean and lessons of you're learning something there, uh, about uh, a character you've always dis- yeah. disregarded. That's going to be interesting, uh, about even the characters, you know, Captain America. That's right. Did you learn anything from Cap? Uh, I'll tell you the thing about Cap is that he's not a character until the 1980s. Uh, he's yeah. literally a walking, talking Uncle Sam poster. Right. He has no personality. Also, fun fact about this, uh, uh, I brought this up in a couple places. Um, Captain America's first adventure, Captain America Comics, number one, right. published before Pearl Harbor. Uh, I didn't say that right. Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, December 7th, 1941. Yeah. Uh, it comes out March 1941. So Captain America's first adventure takes place entirely on U.S. soil. 
He's fighting mob bosses. We're not at war, yeah. We're not at war. And also, here's the fun fact. You know that cover is Captain America socking Adolf Hitler in the jaw? Uh-huh. It's controversial at the time when it was released. Uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, the uh-huh. two men who worked on that comic, they're the two men that decided to do that cover. Uh, they're kind of political rap scallions. Sure. And they decided to do that cover because they knew it would get a rise. And uh, there were a lot of people that wrote mm-hmm. Timely mm-hmm. Comics, which later became Marvel Comics, letters saying what are you doing we don't know if that adolf hitler's a bad guy <laughs> not joking that's a hundred percent serious it. yeah first of all if I, are you telling me that uh, uh arts and art and comics and, and stories are political jason are yes you, i am have, saying you, comic books have <laughs> always been political <laughs> what are you talking about man oh let's get to going to george lucas and those ewoks um uh how did we we talked a little i'm trying to remember yeah. We talked about how you got Aykroyd uh, off air. Did we talk about the off air or the NAFSEC files? I can't remember I don't now. Think we talked my about entire it on life air. is a podcast, so I don't know, Jason. <laughs> uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd is my all time favorite SNL player, and I oh, uh, awesome. am, am a, 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 a historian of sorts of SNL, but, uh, uh, especially in the Golden Age. But he and I love Bill Murray, love all, but Aykroyd's my guy. I just yeah. love the crazy manic ufo energy of Ackroyd there so i'm blown away that you got Ackroyd here Tell uh, me, that's a fascinating story Ackroyd, right? dan Ack- mr mr Ackroyd, um i think he's one of the best he's one of my favorite writers of all time mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. look at him as a performer i look at him as a writer because i think the screenplay for ghostbusters is one of the best movie screenplays of all time yeah. it's yeah. so solid mm-hmm. um so luckily and weirdly, my wife um, got invited to do the fan commentary for the Ghostbusters 35th anniversary Blu-ray they did. Wow, yeah. Um, so she got invited to do that because um, Ivan Reitman's assistant, you know, yeah. the director of Ghostbusters, um, he, she loved, her name is Victoria Molle, mm-hmm. uh, she loves Geekish Lesson. Oh, okay. So we got to know her and then she invited Ashley. She's like, you know, she was like, would you like to come in? Ashley's like, sure. Uh, apparently Ashley showed up like a half an hour early because right. she didn't want to be late. She's a proper professional. Mm-hmm. And the commentary that they recorded before the fan commentary was Dan Aykroyd's. Wow. So Dan Aykroyd walks out of the commentary and sits in whatever loungey. I've never been to the Ghost Corps offices. So okay. sits in a lounge and Ashley's sitting there and Dan starts talking to my wife, Ashley. Yeah. And throughout their conversation, Ashley said they talked for like 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and he was very nice and very lovely and said that she told him about the book and told him like the, what super soldiers is about. It's about comic book characters and you know, yeah. he's a nerd. And apparently we found this out is that Danica was a big supporter of veterans and yeah, they, yeah. they show up in every Ghostbusters movie. Right. And he loves like supporting firemen and policemen and stuff like that. Big stuff. Yeah. So he said to Ashley, he was like, well, send me the book. Wow. He's like, he's like, tell him to send me the book. And so I did. And in the email yeah. that I sent the book, I sent him a copy of the, the I, I sent him a rough copy of the book at the time. Does he give her um, his email right then? Like how does Dan Eckert, he, <laughs> you know, he, well, he was like, go talk to my assistant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. You know. Is it like, is it a Bill Murray thing? Call a phone number. No, 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 no. He, he's, yeah. he's got more important things to do. You know, he's Dan Eckert. So assistant gets, uh, in yeah. So it's me. Well, I send the copy of the book and in the email, I, you know, I go for broke and I say, Hey, would you want to, you, know, you want to give a blurb? You want to give a quote? Because at the time our, you know, our publisher was asking for blurbs and quotes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like shot in the dark. He may never say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while I would email my friend who was, I would write and be like, has, has he read the book yet? Has he read it? And she was like, yeah, he's, he's reading it right now. Like I got that email back. I was like, oh my God. Wow, wow. Um, and about two weeks later, I look, open up my email, Gmail, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and he was like, here you go. He's like, I enjoyed it. And he sent me a pair of an amazing it's, quote. Jason provides a manual, which utilizes and analyzes subtext to offer psychological profiles of our favorite superheroes viewed in the context of their fictional experiences as warriors and veterans in the U S armed forces. He demonstrates vividly and entertainingly how the superhero pantheon is firmly rooted in the disciplines, lore and traditions of American combatants throughout history. The creators of all these characters took a good look at real life military heroes for their inspirations. And now Mr. Inman makes the link clear. I can, yep. I can see Dan Aykroyd saying that yeah and then flipping on the basomatic i think that's fantastic that's yeah fantastic. yeah it's a it's a really long qu- he could have just given it's, me a sentence he could have said the book's good yeah the kid's all right yeah. oh that's fantastic man <laughs> that is vent fantastic no it's crazy uh, for for a, a lot of people have asked me like because 
Um, I have so many amazing people that have given me blurbs for this book. Right. And for a lot of it, I try to treat every book and everything, you know, as it's the, that might be the last thing I ever write. Yeah, yeah. So why not go for broke? And if somebody tells me no, somebody tells me no, but I, yeah. if they tell me yes, uh, like one of my favorite authors of all time is Brad Meltzer. So I reached out to Brad. I just cold emailed Brad Meltzer who wrote mm. identity crisis yeah. and uh, a bunch of other amazing, the 10th, uh, the 10th code or the 10th justice. First conspiracy. You mean? First conspiracy is his newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He, he got one here too. That's great, man. That's great. Um, this is, uh, this is out now, but I want to talk a little bit uh, in the time we have remaining here about some of the writing process. Cause here's sure. We, we touched upon it here. Um, you, you at the time, um, you and I have had, we talked a lot about your career path. The last time you and I crossed paths at Screen Junkies, we're in the digital media world. You're hosting, uh, you know, DC, uh, uh, the DC show uh, with Tiffany Smith back in the DC All Access. Um, but then you get another job. You, you're working in the industry doing mm-hmm. full time, full time long. It's not like six hour days. We're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing longer days here. Yeah. And this comes up. Um, you, that means, and here's my question. You have to write, whether you want to or not, you have to write. Where where did you find that discipline when you're so busy and so tired, and you're podcasting and all these things? Oh, you have to you have to make it, man. You, you you got for me. I always I always do the thing where I break it down. I always like I told you, like I broke it down into chapters, right? And I always broke it down into words, and then I break it down into what's the minimum amount of words that I have to cross today to make my goal. And once you keep breaking it down like that, like it becomes very easy. Like, because I actually, I remember when I did the math, it was something like, Oh yeah, you only have to write 400 words a day and you'll make it. Wow. Yeah. And most days I wrote a thousand. Right. So I was always ahead. Like luckily, um, I found, uh, luckily the greatest thing about the show I have been working on when I wrote most of this book, I was working on the CBS television show, the code, right. Uh, as the showrunner's assistant. Um, and it's airing on CBS right now. It's on Monday nights. Um, the thing I found out about working in a television writer's room is that you are either, there's two modes. You're either so busy. You can't think straight. Right. Or you have all the free time in the world Interesting. and there's no in between. So I always took advantage of the so more free time in the world. Gotcha. Because there would just be days where I would just be like constant meetings, constant writer's room, constant phone calls, notes meetings. Mm. And then the next day would be like nothing. Like half the writers are just like, yeah, we're not coming in today. Yeah. You know, which is something you find out about professional TV writers. It's like, sometimes (laughs) you can literally just call your boss and be like, yeah, I'm just going to write from home today. And you're, and you're, and because you're a writer, your boss is like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's hard work. There's 16 hour days. uh, Well, and you also, you got to turn in a 60 page script in seven days. In seven days. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not even something, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I'd be interested in even trying anymore. 20 years ago, it's what I wanted to do. I don't know anymore. Uh, but then that said, I just, you know, here I am two in the morning writing my book. You yeah. know, you got to work. I never wrote it two in the morning. You didn't? Not once. Lucky you. Why? Not once. You just capped it or just. Well, I find once I find once I hit 10 PM, I'm no good. Yeah. I'm in general, no it's good. me too. Yeah. I'm no good to the world. So I, I always make myself more productive in the time I have than add time. That's I, and true. I think that's a mistake that a lot of people have. Um, mm-hmm. Like we have a very good friend. Uh, I love him to death. Mr. J. Washington. Mr. J. Washington. He's urban gladiator. He hustles more than anybody else I know. He does. Um, but every once in a while, he'll post the tweet up on a Saturday or Sunday where he'll be like, I'm working all day. And I'll always shoot him a text and be like, dude, take the day off, man. <laughs> take the day off. Like you need, you need that time yeah. for your brain to shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in our modern culture, it's like, no, 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 work, 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 work. No, I, I, I said that a long time ago, unless I have like a hard deadline the very next right, day, right. I will never work past 10 PM ever. I, I mean, in general, I'll say that was kind of, I, I, I was like a one to 5 PM. Like this is the go time, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's those times you, you got to, but I would have to for, cause sometimes I'd put it off or sometimes like the yeah. words wouldn't come out. And I hear a lot and I, I want to know, especially now, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I've said for a long time uh, that I don't believe in the phrase or description, whatever you want to call it, writer's block, uh, meaning- Oh, it doesn't exist. I, I understand the concept. Yep. I understand why you would think that, but it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. You have to write. It's, it's, well, I think it's, it's 
people think writer's block is the thing that you see in movies where like you're just staring at a blank page and you're just like, I don't know what to write. No, 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 no. You yeah. know what to write. The problem is, is that maybe you don't know exactly how to write it. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're writing something fictional, you're you're like, okay, I need a character to slap another character, right. but I don't know how to get them mad at each other. I just I don't have any ideas. Or if you're writing something nonfiction, like what we did, you're like, well, I don't know how to express this in the mm-hmm. way that I want it to mean. Hmm, like that. That's the block. It, right. it, it, it's it's a story problem. It's not a block. Yeah. Like you know you and, and I find most of the time. You either need to um, let yourself write the shitty first draft, mm-hmm. like just write, barf, the it, barf it up, barf it out. Or what I find work really works for me is I always go on a walk. I'll go on like a, oh yeah, I'll go on like a 15 to 30 minute walk and I will just, you sometimes play, I will play music with no words because I can't have words in there because they'll interfere. Okay. It just has to be like orchestrational music. And I find by just like walking around, the solution will just appear. Like yeah. it'll just be like, oh, that's it, and then you'll, and then I'll immediately turn around the walk and go right back to like where I, because I'll be like, oh, I gotta write it, I gotta write it. So you hover around your apartment, <laughs> basically, or <laughs> like the neighborhood, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told, I totally agree. I, I really do agree because I, I think there's also this mythical, romantic look at writer's block, like mm-hmm. it's something you have to go through to write, and it's like, uh, you know, and then you take. I don't know. Then you take two days off because yeah, I got writer's block. No, I think no. motivation is the bigger motivation block. Well, might be your motivation is because I find that there were some days on this book and I bet yeah. you did too. Um, yeah. especially, um, especially once I hit 20,000 words, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, so I don't know what they said, you know, I'll, I'll get real in the weeds here. When, when mango was like, we want this book. Mm-hmm. They're like the perfect spot for this book mm-hmm. is somewhere between 50,000 and 60,000 words. That's the sweet spot. And so I was like, okay, cool. All I got to do is cross 50,000 words. So I did the math, you know, broke it down. And I remember once I hit 20,000, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm Mm. over most of it, Mm. but I basically got to write everything I just wrote again Again. to get there. That's the point where like, I remember there, there was, there was a period of like a week and a half where I didn't write one word on this book. Yeah, and okay. it's because I just was like, I don't. Oh man, I don't. I don't. Care. I don't. Well, it's, no, and it wasn't that I don't care. I was just, I just wasn't motivated. Yeah, and I was just like, man, this is a long. And I think that happens on every process. Totally, it happened to us on um, when Ashley yeah. and I were writing science, our, uh-huh. our, yeah, our yeah. second graphic novel. We got to because it's ninety pages. I think we got to like page sixty, and we took like a month off. We were just like, we don't want to write this. We just don't want to do it. Yeah, you know. I think that's fair. If you don't have those deadlines, mm-hmm. you're not writing for CBS or something like that. I yeah. think that's that's important too, and that's that's different from writer's block or motivation block. Even it's just like like you said earlier, the ten o'clock thing makes sense because I always again going back to SNL and the history of SNL. Harry Shear was on the show twice. Mm-hmm. Harry Shear was basically fired the first time and kind of quit the second time because he didn't work with well with the process because he show up at ten a.m. with a book sketchbook being like, "Cool, let's write sketches," and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "No, nah, man, we come in at ten at night." He was like, well, why? Because well, we do. Well, no, let's yep. get our work done. No, and no. I'm more of a Harry Shear type. I am where I'm too. like, let's I get down. Too. And you know, I want my evenings, man. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. That, I guess that's maybe because, and, and maybe the same yeah. case for you. Like, yeah. I mean, all throughout college, all I, I worked a nine to five. I worked the, too, the, yeah. the factory or I, I was, I worked for a moving company. It's like, it's like you mm-hmm. hit six o'clock. It's like, go home. Yeah. Go home. It's funny. There is, um, there's a writer's room. I won't say who it is because, um, and in this town, it's not our, it's not my writer's room. Um, our writer's room is very awesome, but there is a writer's room that I, that is ran kind of like a military little bit. And I, and I won't say what show it is. Um, but they come in at 10 AM and they are, they, they cannot leave the writer's room until five, but they get to leave at five. The showrunner's like, go home. Because he was like, once we get to five, he was like, you guys want to go home to your kids. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're like, when am I going to go home? He's like, I'm not going to keep you for that last hour. But he does this thing of like, he doesn't allow computers, doesn't allow phones. He's like, if, when we're in that room from 10 to five, we are working. And I kind of like that. I could deal with that. I could do that too. It you would, know? you know, not being able to check Twitter by habit after the first day would be, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would take that deal. You I know, would take that deal. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I, I will say I did, I found, I wrote most of this book. Um, I would say five mm-hmm. from 5 PM to like eight to 9 PM. Like that was yeah. my, because most of the time on the show, nobody, especially in Hollywood, nobody calls after five. 
Right, Nobody right. calls it five to five. And my, 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 my gig would usually end around six to seven, just depending on the needs of production, sometimes sure. eight. Uh, but most nights it was six. I was able to like be done at six. And what I found is that I would get into such a groove between five to six mm-hmm. that I would just like get on the phone yeah. and I would be like, Hey honey, um, I'm going to stay in my office because I'm, I'm in a groove and I'm just going to yeah. write for the next couple hours. I'll let you know when I'm heading home. And yeah. I would just, knock out a chapter or do something like that. That's what I found. So, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. There's different ways to write. I I found myself towards the end of the process where I couldn't write unless I was face stomach down on my bed, which is not good. Stomach down. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, hurts my neck and back. I have back problems. Like I'm like, I'm a 11th grade doing my homework. Yeah. Cause I started off the desk that you and I are recording Mm -hmm. on. Then I was at my couch cause I'm watching star Wars and listening to it. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm researching Jason. That'd be too much to But by the end I was distracted and I needed to go in the room faced out like, almost like put a tent over me, which is not, you know, again, you have to, to be a professional writer. You have to write whenever, wherever, you know, I you, gotta, get, you, you cannot wait for yeah. the muse to hit. I got, I get, yeah. yeah and, and that's true too. But, uh, it, it was, I had the luxury of being able to write at home because uh, it was fascinating to me. The fact, the, the process there, and there's no true hundred percent right way. There's no, no true hundred percent wrong way. You, man. Just have to go, uh, do it there. And, and you, sir, have done it. Yeah, you do. Congrats. Well, you, yes, yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You've all. It's been. A, it's been very nice to go through this process with you because uh, we. Can, yeah, we've sort of been like step siblings in this whole process. It, it's been nice. It's been nice. <laughs> it's like we both birthed the baby this year, and we were like comparing notes most of the time. Yeah, is you're still crying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's no. It's it's uh it's it's been fun. But uh, you you. Uh, I'm really proud of what not only just what you did, but putting yourself out there and these uh, stories to hear it even because that's something I've just learned talking to mm-hmm. you. It just made sense when you told me about the books. Well, of course, he was in the military. He would want to write in the fact that this is a kind of a process that, you know, uh, thankfully your your wife was right enough to be like, you're missing yep. something, honey. Yeah. The truth yeah, that's true. <laughs> None of this comic bullshit. <laughs> um, that is uh, that is fascinating. But uh, let's uh, let's let everyone know where they can get the book, find the book, any upcoming events, and also uh, you know remind them to do uh, reviews. Oh, of course. Uh, well, Super Soldiers is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Bound. I saw it was on Target recently. Oh, uh, yeah, Target.com had a copy of it. Uh, it's basically anywhere you can buy books, you can find it. There is an audio book out it is not recorded by me but i've heard it's really good i have not listened to it <laughs> uh, but it's also available if you like read books that way um and i don't know when this comes out because i have a signing this saturday uh this will come out a week after so the the signing was this past saturday and it went great <laughs> it went great over <laughs> earth, earth to sherman earth oaks, to human oaks yes. the home base i'm doing there uh but i know i i know i i will be at san diego comic-con okay. I don't know booth numbers or anything like that. Right, uh, we're right. going to do it, and I will have copies of Super Soldiers there. Right. Uh, but if you've read the book, mm. um, please go do a review on Amazon and Goodreads. And True. here's the secret. Mm. Also do this for Ken's book as well. Yeah. Have you been saying the secret? Yeah. You don't have to buy the book from Amazon to do a review on Amazon, everybody. Oh, I don't. I haven't been saying that. You do not. You can buy, you don't, you just have to have an Amazon account. Right, right. You don't even, if you bought Ken's book at Barnes & Noble or IndieBound or Apple Books, go to Amazon and leave him a review. Also, here's the thing. Yeah. Bad reviews, just as good as good reviews. It's, yeah. All you need, here's the secret here, Mm. and we know this because we're in the nitty gritty publishing business. Um, 50 reviews Mm. is the secret number. Why is that? Uh, it's something about the Amazon algorithm, you know, YouTube algorithms and podcast algorithms. Well, the Amazon algorithm is as soon as you get past 50 reviews, yeah. they don't care if they're good or bad. They start bumping you up in the search algorithm much, much more. So you just got to cross 50. At the time of this recording, I'm yeah. at 48, Jason. Pretty close, man. I got to hit that number. Yep. And I can't wait to write your review because you were actually the first review of I, my book. I, I see. I've, uh, I've, I've been in this game uh, yeah. for that. I, so that's why as soon as your book came out, I went right to Amazon and wrote I, your review. I am returning the favor uh, <laughs> shortly there uh, by Jason's book. And and also, too, like I, I've said with my book, but uh, if you walk down to your local indie bookstore and, and say, hey, can I pick a pick up a copy here and they say, Oh no, maybe we'll order it. I've had a few people do that. That means yep. the bookstore is going to buy a few more copies for someone else. I'm going to also give you another tip, uh, tip away my book. Mm-hmm. And I'm very certain your book, super soldiers is available through comic book stores. You can mm. walk into your comic book store and order my book and your book. You just have to tell if your retailer mm-hmm. says, no, I can't order the books. Yes, they can. They just have to do it through Ingram publishing oh. because that instead of diamond 
Ingram handles prose books for comic book stores. Ingram, I will, yep. I will I have N- that information in my G-R-A-M. Head. That's fascinating. Ingram. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my That's goals. why I'm doing my signing at a comic book store, because they ordered yeah. it through Ingram. Yeah, I got to go set, well, I got to do one of the other Earth 2 location there, but uh, that's a different conversation yeah, yeah. for another time. Jason, uh, it's great to have you back. Thanks for having uh, me, man. Thanks for popping in here, sharing the process. And congratulations on being a book daddy as well. Congratulations to you, too. Uh, we'll hold hands and ride off into the Book Daddy sunset. That's right. Uh, and shout out to our friend Alicia Malone, who, who uh, has two book children in the world, too. That's right. Uh, who's uh, instrumental in me getting this, too. Me, too. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I remember that's how kind of our conversation yeah, started, yeah. that uh, behind uh, behind the scenes at the Schmodown at the El Portal that one night. So uh, Jason's book is out there. That's not all he's done. He's got a lot of cool things. Uh, podcast with uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson, Geek History Lesson. You guys have your comments. Comic series Jupiter Jet, which I still beam with pride when I mm-hmm. see it on the shelves at the store. It's awesome! It's awesome. And uh, then science is going to hit yes. sometime this year. We don't okay. know. Well, we're gonna the Kickstarter people will get it very soon, like within the next month. Okay. And then I think it's going to hit comic stores maybe in December. I think we just got the. Uh, I don't know. I might. I may be talking out of turn. You might have got the exclusive there. No, no. Uh, well, I mean, Ashley came on to talk about that Kickstarter stuff, but whenever it's whenever it's ready, you you both come yeah, back. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. come back and and uh, talk about it there. This is a, it's exciting uh, to put something into the world. It's exciting to podcast. Mm-hmm. Exciting to all that. But it, oh, and uh, Jupiter it, Jet Two is probably going to happen. Oh yeah, another another series? pretty soon. This is great. Pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. You're hardworking. You both got a good stuff going <laughs> over there. We're on the way out of here, but you can follow me at Ken Knapsack. Follow Jason at Jason Inman, right, by the way? At Jawin, J-A-W. Oh, I always forget. J-A-W-I-I-N. I did the weird thing, man. It's the first yeah. two letters, all three of my names. I know, no. I, it's but good. it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Jason is the easiest place. That's uh, Go to KenKnapsack.com, yep. too. I finally got my uh, act together, got my website fixed. Uh, so do that. Pick up Super Soldiers. Leave that review. Pick up Why We Love Star Wars. Leave that review. And uh, let us know what you feel about it. I can't wait to have you back for your next project, my Thanks, friend. Man. Can't wait to be back. We're almost out of here. I do have to remind you about my Patreon executive producer supporters, uh, DJ Snacks, Thomas Rizzolini, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Matthew Thompson up there in the Great White North, Tamor and Abdul, Donna Long, Nathan Overdale, Zach Anderson. They are my executive producers, part of the TNF boardroom at patreon.com slash Go buy Super Soldiers. Read it. We'll talk to you later. Bye.